When you start overcomplicating things, people don't use it. And so the faster and the easier for people to use something, the quicker that you'll have people seeing the progress. And so if you think about you know, apps and software, there's something called product adoption, where people actually start using the product that you have. And then eventually over time, you start to see brand loyalty where people also are paying you month in, month out. So if we translate that back over to memberships, or if you have a group coaching program, everyone's paying you a monthly fee. And each month you hope that someone will continue. Now, of course, things happen. There's failed rebuilds or things that happen where people can't continue for you know life circumstances. That's completely understandable. You can work things out with that. But the idea is that you want to get people to see progress and results based off of what you're teaching so that people will come back to you again. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the brilliant Melody Johnson. Melody Johnson is the owner and founder of The Course Consultant and podcast host of, you guessed it, The Course Consultant Show. She helps unconventional course creators and early stage B2B SaaS founders increase customer retention and build lifetime customers through powerful learning experiences. Melody Johnson, queen of courses. What the heck do small business owners need to focus on this week? Small business owners need to focus on their entire customer journey from beginning all the way to helping support them grow. So however you are supporting your customers, don't just think about after the sale, think about the whole process beforehand. Thank you. That completes our episode. Everyone go do that thing. No, just kidding. Like, <laughs> but that is so important because, you know, sales avoidant people who I talk to day in and day out put so much dread on that one minute of the air quotes close that they don't think about the after or really much of the before. And I know one of the things I hear all the time from course creators is how do I know where step one is, right? Like if we sound of music it, we could say start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. But what the heck is that very beginning, <laughs> right? And so you know, we don't want to go back to preschool, do we? Or do we? How do we know where that timeline stops and starts, Melody? Yeah. So I think one thing that I like to do is look at where people are struggling when they're first starting. So for instance, with online course creation, I know one of the first things that I did as a service provider was really spend the time getting to know and listening to my audience. Like, what is it that they're really struggling with? Mm -hmm. How can I really make small wins for them? And so what I started to realize was this isn't just a, hey, people need help creating courses because there's just so much involved with that. It's really, you know, what's the first step, right? So 
when you get to really looking at the entire customer journey, you really want to look at key milestones is what I like to call them. Or in in sales world, you can actually pivot this into web sales events or events that happen on any sort of interaction with a customer. This could be something as simple as hey, you know what, um, this customer or pr- prospective customer is really struggling with creating Instagram hashtags and finding out where to find them. Or this customer is really struggling with how do I take good branded headshots without a photographer? So then you should break things down step by step. And you really won't know that until you ask your customer. So you can either hop on, you know, with your current clients and ask them what they're struggling with. Or if you don't have any clients right now, you could even start sending out a newsletter inquiry, you know, like something that you could send out to your email list and ask people what they're working on right now. But make sure that it's super specific. Because if you're just saying, what are you struggling with right now? Nobody's really going to answer you. Right. Like, (laughs) oh, you're going to get like, if you just say to your list, like, hey, what are you struggling with right now? You're going to get two (laughs) kinds of responses and really only two kinds of responses. You're going to get the non-response of people not answering at all. And then you're going to get the people that are like, free therapy. Hey, Melody, here's every single thing going on in my life and business that's bothering me right now. Thanks so much for saying you're going to fix all of it. You're like, whoa, I didn't say I'm going (laughs) to raise your kids. Yeah. What? Exactly. And I think that's the the whole thing of it is be really, really specific. So, you know, if you want to create a course and you've been hearing from other folks in your Facebook group or on Instagram, in your DMs or in Facebook DMs or in WhatsApp or in your membership or whatever the case, just really be cognizant of what kind of conversations, the questions people are having. And you can question it something like, what kinds of things are you struggling with when it comes to creating a compelling about me page? You know, mm-hmm. so something could be something as simple as an answer to to that it could be like, I don't know where to start. I feel overwhelmed. So then you can take that copy, whatever the responses are, and you can repurpose that into your copywriting strategy for your sales pages, for your emails, really just for any conversation, because you're really using those questions and concerns that people have to really focus on the solution that you have to offer. And if your solution is truly helping them walk through that step by step, it's really going to one, help people and then also convert. So I know a lot of people are always looking at the conversions, but it doesn't start with the conversions. You have to focus on what the solution is and how you can take people step by step through that all of that process. So definitely really important to think through the entire customer journey from start to finish. And I love the way that you measure it in small wins. Like Oh God, at the risk of sounding like seasons of love from rent, like measuring love, but no, measuring, <laughs> measuring small wins in that it's that incremental progress. I feel like every single episode of the show ever, I've said the phrase incremental progress because that is the underlying theme of all of this, right? Is that when we don't go zero to 60, we go zero to one or zero to point one. So sometimes I think one of the things I've seen and also I've personally struggled with, but I've seen in my clients too, is when we kind of think some of the things that we're teaching are too simple to need to be taught. So do you have any words of wisdom for people out there who are like, well, everything I know how to do, anybody could do? 
Yeah, well, I think everyone has their own unique take on things. I think, you know, when it comes to creating online courses, I mean, I could have just sat there in my desk and said, Amy Porterfield's already doing online courses. I should never publish a course about how to create an <laughs> online course because that would have just totally not been able, I wouldn't be able to be sitting here right now talking about right. online courses. And the truth is, you know, other people have something to say about courses and, and what you have to say is unique. And so what you have to do is really figure out what that unique selling proposition is and how you can identify your market. So if you find that you really connect with a certain market, then really just lean into that. And sometimes that takes time to figure out. Like sometimes you you realize that, oh, you know, I didn't realize that these folks would be interested in this particular topic. And then you can really just realize, hey, there's a whole new market I really haven't even considered. Um, you can tie in, you know, lots of different strategies for you know, considering who to help market with affiliate marketing um, and getting referral partners to help you market as well. But as far as your question goes, what can you do if you have something so simple and you're not sure if anyone will really use it? Really just ask your audience, you know, are you yep. interested in this? Is this something that you would find helpful? If you get a resounding yes, then go for it. And I, I actually just like to do pre-sales. I don't normally uh, create full programs until I actually have people book or pay me for something. Mm -hmm. And then I go in and create something. And, you know, I have a whole training on how to do that with MVP products and things like that. But I think it's really important not to overcomplicate it, which I am the queen of overcomplicating sometimes. Oh, darling, so. <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't yes. we all? I feel like that'll be the support group that I found is like overcomplicators <laughs> of the world. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, MVP in this instance stands for minimum viable product, which is a fabulous essentialist little term for solve one problem, you dope. <laughs> Don't try to solve 57 problems at once. And I'm sure everybody can relate to if there was an app on your phone that you super love because it solved one problem really freaking well. And then suddenly they add 9,000 features and they want to start charging for the 9,000 features that you didn't want. That's because somebody took a great MVP and then overcomplicated the shit out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the truth is that, you know, when you start overcomplicating things, people don't use it. And so the faster and the easier for people to use something, the quicker that you'll have people seeing the progress. And so if you think about, you know, apps and software, there's something called product adoption, where people actually start using the product that you have. And then eventually over time, you start to see brand loyalty where people also are paying you month in, month out. So if we translate that back over to memberships, or if you have a group coaching program, everyone's paying you a monthly fee. And each month you hope that someone will continue. Now, of course, things happen. There's failed rebuilds or things that happen where people can't continue for you know life circumstances. That's completely understandable. You can work things out with that. But the idea is that you want to get people to see progress and results based off of what you're teaching so that people will come back to you again. And so that whole process can increase your annual recurring revenue. It can increase your monthly recurring revenue. And there's a whole concept of you know churn, which is basically yeah. what happens when people enter in through the beginning of the month and 
you know, how many people left. And so when you start looking at it that way, you might see that that percentage of, of drop off when people aren't actually continuing on with you. Now, for those people who are brand new to memberships or group coaching programs, that's something I don't think you really need to worry about if you have like a lifetime product, like a course or something that people pay one time or maybe even two payments or something that's a split pay. But once you start having something where there's a recurring fee, you also want to start thinking about how can I help people really make the most use out of this? And how can I help these people grow so that one, they'll see progress Two, start referring me more sales as an affiliate or a partner, or even just because they love the course, just because they love the membership, they love the group coaching program. Or three, actually become kind of a power user and maybe they can actually be hired into your company or can actually um, start, if you have like a SaaS company, start actually becoming like a white label partner. So it's a really interesting way to think about it if you if you related a little bit to SaaS companies out there, because I love software, I'm a big tech geek, but I think we really need to focus on where do we help people and what milestones do they need to achieve so that we can get them to the end goal. And focus on that, right? It's about going deep, not going broad. That was one of my favorite moments on the show was when I uh, got to interview Mike Michalowicz and he tells this great story about his gardener who also wound up volunteering to fix his roof and blow leaves and do all these other things that are outside his domain because he could do them. But then what happened was it just exhausted that relationship without actually focusing on why the guy was there in the first place, right? And we all have that tendency to want to not only throw in the kitchen sink, we want to be the kitchen sink. We want to have like, my program is the most complete unbelievable, gigantic. It's got 97 modules. But to your point that you tucked in there that I think people are just so resistant to, I know I was, is if it's overcomplicated, people won't use it. If it's too big, if it's too much, people won't use it. So Melody, talk to me about that. Why do you think that is? And and what do we do? Right. Yeah. So I I think that when it comes to creating courses, I really hate when there's a massive course and it's going to be, like you said, 99 lessons long. Most people actually don't finish online courses. And so what you want to do is make those small wins and break it down. So the first thing that I would recommend doing is to map out what's the end outcome of your product right? So what's the big takeaway that your student is going to walk away with? Let's say that you have a mini course and the goal of the course is to walk away with a clear understanding about how to post on Instagram using carousels. That is super specific. Yeah. That it doesn't have to do with how to use hashtags. It doesn't have to do with how to use captions. It doesn't have to do with creating beautiful uh, cover images for your reels. Now, what I really like about that as a consumer is it, if this was truly a course, I would say, wow, that's super specific. I just needed this one piece, right? Because obviously the end goal is to book more customers. It's to, you know, have uh, higher conversions on sales or really just engage with the customer. And so if you tie that back to the customer's goal 
and you get super specific about the piece of the puzzle that's missing for people, then you're going to have people say, wow, this was so helpful because it was so specific. I'll give you the, the, the actual opposite. So if I were to say, here's this, you know, Instagram marketing class, and I'm going to show you how to exactly book more clients using Instagram, using my five-part method. And there's actually five modules inside this program. Um, and I'm going to cover reels. I'm going to cover hashtags. I'm going to cover captions. I'm also going to be covering how do you book discovery calls in with Instagram using DMs. Now, I just said a lot. Now, you're probably mm -hmm. listening to this going, what the heck? I'm really overwhelmed right now. I don't even know if I have time to go through all of that. So why should I buy that course? Because it's probably just going to end up in the graveyard of courses that I have in my Google Drive, right? So what you want to do instead is say, okay, if you do want to have like this larger signature program or course that's in-depth with Instagram or something similar based off a concept, what I would recommend that you do is really go, okay, what is the customer like struggling with the most? And how can I really, really tune in to what I can share with them in a small, small way? For those small wins, you want to share resources. So some people say, I don't really need templates like a PDF or something. Maybe it's not a template. Maybe, you know, it's just a Canva Canva template that you have, or maybe it's just like a loom video, something really short and simple. It doesn't have to be two hour masterclass. It could be something like a seven minute video, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you have something like that, a couple seven minute videos here and there, a few templates showing them how to walk through a specific thing, like how do you book people through DMs on Instagram? That's very specific. Then you can actually have people go through it, focus on them implementing, and then follow up. So some people don't like onboarding email sequences for courses. I personally like them depending on their frequency. Um, so what you want to do is highlight, okay, maybe three emails. A thank you email, thanks for purchasing. Secondary email follow-up to share with them maybe a new resource, something that's going to be quick win, like a workbook, a Trello board, or something that's a Google Sheet template. And then follow-up with, hey, how how is your course going? Is this helpful? Um, one thing I like to do actually in some of my onboarding email sequences is I incorporate SMS text. And so... Um, yeah. So what I do is with the lead magnet or, you know, whatever kind of course that they're entering in, I send a confirmation e uh, message to them to say, Hey, just wanted to check. Did you get this email? Cause one of the first big roadblocks to people seeing success is they don't access the course because one, they're too busy. They didn't get yep. good chance to look at it or two, maybe they didn't take a look at it because it's stuck in their spam folder. So that's why I'm using SMS text to help to increase open rates and help people to access it. Um, and it's a really great conversation starter. Hey, did you get it? You know, some people yeah. are like, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. This is so great. Thank you so much. You know, and that's really a great conversation starter. Um, and then the second thing I do is I have like a wait time, like three days after they enter the course, then I'll do, Hey, how's the course going? Is this helpful so far? You know, um, mm -hmm. I could even go really, really intense and do maybe like a seven or 14 day wait and then send another SMS text. Hey, I hope that this course was really helpful. Would you like to actually review this course by going on my Facebook page and giving me a shout out if this was helpful? If not, share with me what I could do to improve it. I'd love to hear from you. Super simple. If you don't want to do SMS text, if you don't have a software that does that, you can also incorporate email marketing to do relatively the same thing. So yeah. 
But again, it goes back to that idea of asking. Like the through line from this whole thing has been like, what problem do they need solved? Ask them. Where are they now on their journey? Ask them. What do they think of your course? Ask them. Are they taking your course? Freaking ask them, right? Like I love that it seems so simplistic, but it is so rare because we do so much outbound, 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 outbound that we stop and actually ask for the feedback, ask for the data. And then once we remember to ask, we also have to sit there and remember to listen to the answers, right? So we got to remind ourselves to ask, and then we got to remind ourselves to listen to the answers. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that drives me nuts is like, when I see people on social media, like asking these great questions and then like they're getting this really great engagement and that person is just out to lunch, nowhere to be seen. I'm like, hello, <laughs> a party is happening in your honor and you are not here. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you? You started this conversation. Not that you need to be beholden to your Instagram 24 seven, but if you're asking interesting questions, stick around to participate in the interesting answering of those questions. Mm -hmm. I love that. And and you brought up such a truth that I feel like, at least in my corner of the world, we don't talk about enough, which is that the vast majority of info crack that we buy sits on a Google Drive somewhere and collects <laughs> cobwebs. And I hate that shit. I hate that shit. My bank account hates that shit. My accountant hates that shit. But also as a course provider, I hate that shit because I'm like, where are they? They invested in me. I want to make this work out. I have a guarantee that they, that's conditional. They can act on it, right? They can say, Hey, this isn't working for me, but they can't say, Hey, this isn't working for me if they haven't cracked open the dang course. So Melody, understanding that it is just human nature to buy something and forget about it or buy something and then get overwhelmed. How can we as course creators foster more power users and fewer Google Drive um, grave diggers. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think one thing is to really think through what I was talking about earlier is the sales process and really understanding what the customer journey is. Obviously, I've already shared a few tips on, hey, you know, why don't I incorporate SMS texting into your onboarding email sequence to see how your students are getting along? Another thing that you could possibly do is to add a help desk software to your dashboard for your course platform. So uh, there's a, several of those that are actually free out there. There is a chat. Chatra is a very commonly used one. It's free. And basically you can add that as a, the code onto the dashboard so that if someone has a question about your course, they can just reach out to you directly. And that's really good, just customer service, right? And you can manage it reasonably, you know, if you have less than, let's say a hundred students. Right now I have over a thousand, but you know, right now not everyone goes into the, my dashboard and doesn't reach out to me. Um, another thing you can also do if you have larger courses, let's say you have a signature course group coaching program, or maybe you're, you know, you have a service that you tie in some online curriculum, like a, a training program, certification program, you might want to create some sort of a, a knowledge base. So uh, one, one common thing that I see all the time is how do I access my course, right? Because 
We know as course creators, for those of you who are course creators, everything gets stuck in spam. Your confirmation email gets stuck in spam. People are busy. They don't check it. And then all of a sudden you get that email three days later after someone purchases and someone says, I purchased your course. I'm really excited, but I didn't get the login email. And you're like, I sent an email. (laughs) So um, what I recommend doing to just save yourself the headache and time, and it's just actually more efficient for you, is to use a knowledge base. So I use a software called talk.io, and that's T-A-W-K, kind of like hawk, but with a T. And basically, I create a knowledge base for free. And I actually do like a quick video on how to access things. It's a really quick um, article. And then I can use that link and send it directly to the the customer. I can also have that chatra, I'm sorry, that uh, little chat bot available too and trigger email messages based off of where customers are. So for instance, if there's a specific URL, you can actually pop up a little message that say, hey, do you need help with XYZ? I've even seen some course creators who actually use triggered pop-ups based off of URLs within the course platform. Now that's really, really, you know, more in depth. I don't think that's necessary for someone who's just starting in their online course creation, but maybe if you have a membership or something higher ticket, um, then you want to consider how you can make things fully more interactive. And again, it's also, you know, a great way to differentiate yourself from other people because most people aren't doing stuff like triggered pop-ups or knowledge bases. So as long as you really start to have ways for people to have a conversation with you and you have a way to give them the information, whether through a knowledge base or through a blog article or through a template, you're going to see that people will start to consume your content. So the more that they consume, the more that they take progress, the better you can do for them. And then you can give more testimonials. I also would say another thing that I really like is if you have some sort of bonus material. So like, let's say that you have three modules, right? So you have three modules and nobody's going through the lesson. So you're like, okay, I'm going to gamify the crap out of this, right? So maybe when they first log in after the first two lessons, you actually set up rewards. Um, Member Vault allows you to set up rewards or points. You can also do it if they unlock a certain lesson, then they get bonus content or material. Again, like I said, not very needed if you have like a mini course or something like that. This is more like higher level stuff, like group coaching programs, memberships, things like that. So it's really, really awesome to see what technology can do. And a lot of platforms, regardless of which platform you use, are already using some of these gamification strategies. So very helpful to think about when you're thinking about your larger offers. How can I make things engaging and interactive and not just oh, I'm just going to just send out this Google template, hoping somebody will eventually use it. Just make it easy for people to interact with it and make it fun. All of these things we're talking about, like the chatbots and the accessibility and the gamification and all these things, people may go, well, you just told us not to overcomplicate things. Yes, we did. What we're saying now is if you don't overcomplicate your program, you can double down on making sure people get the small win that you promised them through the facilitation of these other things because you have space for that now, right? So it is still essentialist to say, I'm going to do this, this, and this to make sure that that road is paved for my client. And I think that's so cool. I have never heard gamification positioned in that way to be like, yeah, it's a really good way to keep them going. I always just thought it was an enhancement, but you're right. It is a driver. 
Yeah. So like, I think, you know, if you think about why do we like using products or software, right? Mm -hmm. As me being a techie, this is the way I'm relating to it. So why do I like using software? Well, one, is it super fast and efficient? Is it helping me accomplish a goal that's tying back to the larger, bigger picture of my business? If the answer is yes, I'm going to keep going back to it. I'll give you an example um, that's not business related. So my husband actually is studying Spanish and he studies uh, on this app called Duolingo, which is very commonly known Mm -hmm. for studying languages, right? So he is addicted to this. Like literally every single night he logs into his app for Duolingo and then it sends reminders whenever he doesn't log in, when he hasn't finished his lessons. When it does finish lessons, there's this little confetti and, you know, check marks and pop-ups, right? Like, so it's like, oh my gosh, it's sending your brain all these like happy thoughts. Like, yes, like, you know, immediate gratification, right? So as a course creator, maybe you don't have an app, maybe you don't have, you know, fancy million dollars to spend on all this fancy stuff, but you can Mm -hmm. still, you know, create something that's engaging so that people want to return. What is going to drive sales is also helping people see that what they have purchased from you already is getting them the results that they want tied back to their larger goal. So if you're like, hey, why does this even matter? This doesn't have to do with sales. Well, actually it does because what you're doing is really reinforcing the value of what you have to share. And if people see that, they can actually, when they hit that next sales page or they go on that next discovery call or they hop on that next webinar, they're already convinced. I know that what you say is going to be helpful. Therefore, I am more likely to purchase from you. So there's like a whole, you know, Um, statistic that, you know, new customers are actually five to 25 times more expensive than Mm -hmm. existing customers or past customers. And so if you think about, you know, your customer acquisition costs, somebody who's brand new to you, a cold lead or whatever it is, you're going on Facebook, maybe you're organic, or maybe you're doing ads like Pinterest or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, those costs over time, they do cost money. I'm not saying like you shouldn't market to cold at all. What I am saying is, If you think about it, it actually will help your long-term growth to keep those customers going. Heck yeah! Especially because of the way that you said before, like, you don't have to talk about hashtags and reels and this and that all in one program. You can keep the same customers. You can foster the lifetime value of one client by saying, now that you've conquered hashtags, it's time for reels. Now that you've conquered reels, it's time for TikTok, right? Whatever it may be, there's an evolution there too, which all goes back to what you said at the very beginning, which is their journey before, during, after, and beyond. I freaking love it. Now, speaking of the beyond, Melody, what the heck does any of this have to do with Star Trek? Yes, I am a big Star Trek nerd. I've grown up watching Star Trek. I am seriously addicted to it. So I think that when it comes to exploring and navigating the online business space, you want to take your customer on a journey, right? So you want to take them to the beyond. So if we're thinking about... um, we th- we're thinking about TNG, you know, the next generation. We have Picard. He's out there looking out into the vast starry sky and the galaxy, right? So you're here on the bridge and you're charting your customers on this journey. And you, as the captain, need to lead your ship so that everyone on the crew and everyone on board is going to reach 
or reach some sort of new discovery, a new destination, right? So you as the captain, you're still navigating the ship. You're still figuring things out. That's absolutely okay. But when it comes to the choices that you're making on your sales pages and what your customers need, what you want to do is just have a way that's charted and you want to really just outline it for people, right? So like, how do you get someone from, you know, earth all the way to Venus? Well, you chart a path. So, um, you know, and I think that when it comes to Star Trek, I, like I said, I am like a really big fan. You really want to have fun with it, right? So like, I just, I think it's not always about trying to convert every sale with like hard sales. You, you can have fun too. You can, you know, um, make friends, you can share about things. And, you know, there's so many things that have to do with exploration and discovery. Like sometimes you don't even know that a customer needs something until you hear from them. Sometimes you don't know that, you know, you're doing something really well until someone tells you, wow, that lesson that you did on XYZ, that was really incredible. So share that win, you know, share about all these little wins that your audience is doing and your audience will love you for it. And it's going to be a fun ride. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh. So talk to me more about being the captain. If we look at it as like, if we're on the bridge and we're looking at ourselves as the captain, just explain extend that metaphor for me. I know there's more there. What's going on? Just go nerd on with your tricky self. Come on, let it out. Yeah. So I think like, you know, as the captain, you have to make decisions for your business. And as the captain, you also will have bumpy rides. So if we we go back to one of my favorite Star Trek shows specifically is Voyager. So there's a character called Captain Janeway, who is one of the first female captains in Star Trek universe. And Janeway and her crew gets thrown into the uh, Delta Quadrant. And the Delta Quadrant is completely uncharted territory. So, you know, sometimes your trip might be smooth. You know exactly what the mission is. You know exactly how to help your customers. You know exactly what you're supposed to do. Like, you're, you know, you're, you're Jean-Luc Picard. You're just awesome. And you know what you're doing because you've had so many years. But sometimes you might be more like Janeway, who gets thrust into this new, you know, Delta Quadrant, and you have no idea what, what the heck is going on. Maybe you're yeah. doing a new product. Maybe you're um, charting a new you know, uh, pivot in your business. And so you as a captain are going to be faced with a lot of decisions. And what, what is really important is to really lean in to what your crew can support you with. So who's your crew? So you can look at your crew as, Hey, you know, your affiliate partners, they can help you out. Maybe they have a little tidbit of knowledge that you can learn and glean from. Maybe you can make some money on the side, you know, promoting somebody else's stuff. You know, maybe, you know, another person on your crew might be like, hey, I'm going to hire somebody from this other starship. I'm going to bring them in, like uh, start. Let me just give you an example. So Janeway actually meets uh, a gentleman named Tuvok. Oh, no, not Tuvok. Sorry. Um, Neelix. Neelix is actually um, this Talaxian alien who is kind of a scavenger. He's he's been out into the galaxy. He's seen a few things and he actually comes on board to Voyager to help Janeway navigate because he's been all around the sector and he knows the place and Janeway and her crew know nothing about this. They don't know the enemy. They don't know how to get back. It's just crazy. So if we look at the the different things that you can do is you can find other people who have been there 
where you want to go, your mentors, people who can be kind of a guide for you and you can hire them, you can get that support. And when it comes to like helping your customers in the sales process and all the processes that we're talking about, the customer journey, that is something that you can think about all these different little pieces together can help you chart that path. You don't have to do it alone. You can do it with your crew. You can do it with you know, your friends, your affiliates, and, you know, you yourself, because you are talented, you are smart, you are capable, and you have what it takes. We just need to find the path to help you reach success and also help your customers reach success too. So there's so many resources and tools that are out there that can help you and take the time to really just map out what that looks like for you. And sometimes you just need help and that's fine too. So yeah, yeah. (laughs) Especially because, you know, we're talking about staying in your lane and solving one clear problem, right? Providing that MVP. So he didn't come on and go, hey, Janeway, I'm here to help you navigate. I'm also going to completely reorganize the ship, hand make new uniforms and retart our uh, whole rigmarole, right? That's not his job. His job is to help navigate because he's been there before. So is ours. Whether that's Twitter or parenting or divorce or weight loss, we are navigators. We are not the drivers. Even if we are the captain, we still need a navigator. So I love that. I absolutely love that. Now, in my limited understanding of Star Trek, I have seen enough episodes to know that sometimes the best laid courses, the best laid plans AKA the best laid courses, like I said, I said courses, but let's like make it literal now. You know, somebody's rocking along and they're killing it and they're like about to launch and then their dog dies. And the Star Trek equivalent of this is they start getting some weird reading from a scary sinister force that's coming up and they're being intercepted, right? They're always being intercepted. Okay. So, how do we help? our customers and our course takers when they are inevitably intercepted by crappy things happening in life. Yeah. You know, with Star Trek, I I I think that life happens, right? Like crap happens. You have to deal with it as a human being, as the owner of your business, and then also your customers have lives happen. You know, I'll just give an example in real world scenario and then I'll tie it back to Star Trek. So Earlier this year, I actually had um, a family member have a mental breakdown and it was really, really, yeah, it was really bad. So, you know, I am still dealing with, with the, you know, impact of that with my family and everything. And yeah, but I was actually in a group coaching program, um, for another coach that I had basically hired inside of this program to help with some parts of my business. And, you know, this coach was so helpful. I was able to, you know, say, Hey, you know, dealing with some stuff, here's what's going on. You know, I just wanted to follow up and they said, Hey, you know, do you want to pause? You know, do you want to pause? Because, you know, you just can't like be present in the moment, you know, with everything going on. I said, yeah, you know, that would be great. You know, they were very respectful of that. And, and yeah, we were able to pause it. They were able to, you know, say, Hey, when you're ready, just come back. You know, we're still going to honor the same pricing. And I think that was really, you know, helpful for me as a human being to feel that I was being heard that, that I was not just that, Oh shoot, you're, you're not going to be able to, to make it to these calls, but you need to actually go through it and just march through, you know, and that was, that was helpful. Yeah, because you, know, you responded like a human being to a human being. Exactly. Yeah. And and I think, you know, when when life happens, you know, 
we we want to actually respond like a human too. So if you uh, can't afford to, you know, um, have somebody on pause, maybe just say, hey, you know, why don't you join us in the next cohort? Or why don't you join us in the next, you know, give them some sort of credit. Um, you know, if there's something that happens to you personally before a launch, you might want to rethink launching, right? So maybe just say it's going to postpone until a later date. And then just tell everybody, hey, you know, some personal things have come up. I need to work some things out and, you know, I'll let you know as soon as possible when this launch is going to happen. And that's okay. You know, sometimes I think when we force ourselves to do something that doesn't feel right to us, doesn't feel good to us, we can't bring our full self. We can't bring our full energy. And that's really unfortunate, not just for you, but it's also unfortunate for the customer because your super shiny self can't actually perform in the way that you normally would. And so you're actually doing a disservice to your customers if you're trying to push yourself emotionally past, you know, some sort of big hurdle in your life, like your dog dies, a family member gets ill, you're facing a divorce, you have, you you know, you have some debt that you have to manage, it's really crushing you, you know, stuff like this happens, you know, so Mm -hmm. take a break, take a step back, you know, it's all right, nothing's gonna, you know, you're not gonna, you know, fall over, but really just get the help you need, you know? So I had a counselor, I recommend, you know, mental health professionals are awesome. And I think, you know, if you need help, go seek it out. It's totally fine. And same thing for your customers, just be honest with them and tell them your processes. And if you have a refund policy, if you have some sort of special credit circumstance that you can work out with them, all the better. If you don't, you know, might want to think about that when you're feeling okay, to kind of set yourself up so that you have that wiggle room later on down the road. So it's not like people will be completely upset, you know? So think about who you want to work with, how you can set those healthy boundaries now so that when life happens, because it will, you can navigate it uh, with ease without feeling overwhelmed. I love, and it's like so wild how this all works out, but I love that we're talking about this today because literally right before this, I was teaching a group call. And my clients in the non-CC Sales Academy know that I have some health stuff going on right now. And I specifically told them, um, number one, I really, really love and value that I have clients that I feel comfortable being able to be totally honest about the fact that I'm not on all burners. But I also told them, if I start to feel like I mentally cannot serve you to the level that you need to be served, I will cancel a call rather than show up not okay. But know that if I do that, I'm not taking it lightly. And my people were like, no, of course, that's what we want you to do. But I had to say like, look, I'm not going to show up half-assed for you. Yeah, exactly. I'm sick. If I need to be sick, then I will tell you. But otherwise, if I look a little ragged, I'm here. I'm okay. If I'm showing up, assume that I'm okay enough to show up fully. But if I don't show up, know that I take that seriously. But I need a little space right now. And I can't think of previous times in my business where I felt so safe. Mm-hmm. And and I hope I also created uh, modeling for them in their in my own situation where maybe something they're going to get hit by an asteroid in their life and they need something. Right. So I love that. It's just we're humans. They're humans. None of us are machines. We're all doing the best we can. And we're all in this together. I just I love that. And I, too, I mean, on the technical admin side, I also offer a pause and I also grandfather pricing. I think it's just a really lovely policy mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to be like, if you need a little space, come on home. We'll leave the light on for you. Like that old Motel 6 <laughs> jingle, right? Yeah. We'll leave the light on for you. 
that's what I say. Really, literally, every time I get one of those messages, which thankfully, knock on wood, is not that often. But if people come to me and they're like, look, I have a problem, then I'll say, okay, take your time. I'll be here when you're ready. Yeah. I love that. All right. Well, we've already seen on your show and now on my show that you and I could just talk forever and always, but I want to release you back to your day. So I have two more questions for you. Definitely. The first one, I'm going to put you to work. Here we go. I, sci-fi nerd, wife of a hobbit, have been told my entire life that I need to get in to Star Trek. But much like the galaxy, Star Trek is huge. There's all of these different branches, generations, all of this, everything. So, Melody, I have tasked you, queen of courses, (laughs) to write me a crash course introduction to Star Trek. You now have this job. You have to write this Star Trek course. (laughs) What is the first step that you take toward making my introduction to Star Trek 101 course a reality? What's the first step you're going to take? I think I would introduce the characters to you and in in the body, for example, there's so many different, like you said, generations. But if we look at it in a whole for the history, we look at here's these people over here and here's why they're important. And here's these people over here. And here's why these are, these people are important. And then everything in the, in the generations and the Star Treks in the universe of Star Treks, then starts making sense afterwards. So, you know, I also have watched Star Wars and it's one of those things that's really, you have to watch this first and then you yeah. have to watch this and then you have to. The, the great thing I like about Star Trek is very episodic. So you can go in and yeah, there's some backstory and stuff, but you can just watch it and go, oh, okay, I can, I can follow along because beginning of the episode, there's a thing that happens at the end of the episode, that thing is resolved. Whereas a lot of these newer sci-fi stuff, it's very much like you have to watch zero episode zero. And then now if you're on 15, it's like, oh, I'm so behind, like with Battlestar Galactica. So, you know, that's the beauty of Star Trek. Just watch an episode and you're like, I, I kind of get what's happening. Like, I don't get the whole thing, but I get most of it. So, yeah, I would say. I love it. You're starting with context and character. Exactly. Yes, exactly. That's what I would start with. <laughs> All right, everybody. Now look at your own courses and see, are you adequately starting with context and character? Melody, I love this. So for anybody out there sitting who uh, doesn't have a course or has a course and hates it or has a course, loves it, but thinks that it's being underutilized, how the heck do listeners come into your world and start a conversation with you? Yeah. So um, you can just head over to my website at thecourseconsultant.com. And that's a great way to connect up with me. There's a little chat bubble there. You can ask me a question uh, if you have any questions. Uh, Plenty of blog post episodes and things like that you can access on demand as well. Um, And then I have a Facebook group. It's called Inspired Courses. And you can check it out. It's a really fun way for me to connect up with people. I do occasionally do some Facebook lives in there. And if there's any questions, I am happy to help. That's fantastic. All right. You heard it, listeners. There's a free Facebook group. And also the website is thecourseconsultant.com. Melody Johnson, it has been an unbelievable delight having you here today. Thank you for sharing 
your beautiful brain and overwhelming trekkiness with us. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, heck yeah. Everybody else, I will be back in just a second with my final thought and your homework for the week. Well, hey there, listeners. So many problems to solve, so many clients to solve them with. Where the heck do we start? Well, we spend so much freaking time trying to attract new people. Outbound marketing, outbound marketing, outbound marketing, outbound, 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 shout in the void, shout in the void, do it again. And what I've noticed in the midst of all this is a terrible and fully accidental trend, which is that we tend to prioritize and favor these new folks over the people who have already invested in us, maybe even over the people who are actually out pounding the pavement, evangelizing your business for you for free. And it's easy to get rubbed up by the dopamine hits of new subscribers, new opt-ins, new registrations, new leads. But those people start way, way back at the square one of you. Their relationship with you is brand stinking new and untested. Remember, you still have other eyes on you, and those eyes have expectations and possibly limited patience. Your homework this week is to practice one of my all-time favorite sales techniques, exemplary customer service. Love the ones you're with, baby. As Melody suggested, plot their journey out. What problems did they solve yesterday, and what are they eager to solve tomorrow? What part of the process seems to be clunkiest for them? Where could they use a little extra encouragement or a well-timed bonus? Chart their needs and then overlay the timeline of your own hand-holding, like one-on-one appointments, follow-ups, group calls, curriculum drops. That way, you'll maximize your impact without overextending yourself. And then... Once you've thoroughly dazzled the folks who already love you once again and find it feels every bit as good as the last time, don't forget to ask for a testimonial. Hey, thanks for listening. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. Listen, we talk a lot about marketing on this show, and that's because I fully, earnestly believe that every dime and every moment we spend marketing is totally worth it unless we turn around and sabotage ourselves at the finish by refusing to sell and sell beautifully. Why? A lot of us have a misconception of what selling actually requires of us or who it needs us to be. Please give me the opportunity to help change your mind at www.nonsleazy.com. That's N-O-N-S-L-E-A-Z-Y.com. Big shout out to the fabulous dudes who helped make this show what it is. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My composer, Riley Herbastio. And my show artist, Francois Vigneault. They're all fabulous and I'd be glad to introduce you. Until next week, just do your best and remember, you're too legitimate to quit.